Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. To support our podcast with a one-time financial donation, please visit livinghour.org slash donate. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from How to Face Life by Stephen Samuel Wise, published in 1917. Old age depends largely upon our attitude toward the whole of life. Old age is not a joke, nor a bore, nor a trial, nor a calamity, though it may be any one of these, as all of life may be. What needs to be stressed is that old age has no content in itself apart from the whole of life. Little can come to old age that was not in and throughout life. Age like happiness is neither to be sought nor evaded. It is a byproduct of life rather than life's end. Not the aim nor the goal of life, but the way of life must it be. In the matter of revering old age, it sometimes is well to ask whether old age is to be respected as a virtue in itself, whether length of days should be regarded as a merit, apart from what has gone before. One is sometimes moved to believe that if the aged are unhappy, it is because age brings with it not only opportunity for quiet meditation and serene retrospect, but the necessity of thinking about the great issues of life. However, many of us have never learned how to think. We often put off the big questions and existential problems to the end of life. When the end of life has nearly come, we lack the strength and will to think them through. The genuine need of solutions is then cruelly pressed upon unpracticed, and undisciplined minds. Now, though most people are interested in the question how to grow old and how not to grow old, are we not, if we will be frank, more interested in the question how not to grow old than how to grow old? Impressing the question a little further, how to seem not to grow old rather than how not to grow old? Seeming not to grow old may be attained by artificial means, but not to grow old may be achieved by inward grace alone. Whosoever thinks of old age aright, whosoever has fitted themselves for the dignity of the burden of many days, will resort neither to cosmetic solutions nor novel cults as a refuge from old age. People speak of the rewards and penalties of old age, but the truth is that old age is not a period of rewards nor penalties in themselves. It is a time of duties, as every period offers life's cup with duties brimming over. Duties there are, but there are also privileges beyond estimation. And the privilege of privileges is to offer an example to others in all ways, and most of all in the way of facing life with serenity. 
finer by far for old age to claim its duties than to enjoy its privileges. For the old ought to shun being pitied as weak, and seek rather to be admired as strong and honored as serene. When old age has the grace of exalting duty and subordinating privilege, it ceases to be a period of mute resignation. It becomes one of will, action, and choice, not merely awaiting for the end without murmur or complaint. For old age waits not, but wills. Old age surrenders not, but while life is, renders return for life. While different types of laws seem to pertain to youth, maturity, and old age, these yet are one, and one spirit seems to pervade and dominate all. Let youth hold high its aim, and pursue high aims through vigorous means. Let maturity serve and achieve, and above all achieve only that it may serve with unimpaired admiration and undimmed ideals. Let old age be nobly wise, unafraid, and unselfish to the end. Much if not everything of the content of old age depends on the things for which one cares. If one cares for the things that cannot survive youth or middle age, whose value is inevitably lessened with the flight of years, then old age must become barren and empty. Whether your old age is to be void and meaningless depends almost wholly not upon what you have and care for at seventy or eighty, but what it was you sought to have at twenty, what you cared for at thirty, what you cherished at forty. Certain things may be harmless, even admirable in themselves, and yet are destined to be woefully disappointing if they are suffered to become the pursuits of a lifetime. And people indeed give themselves to frivolous things for which they cannot care when the years have multiplied. However, certain things there are that can never grow stale, wearying, nor seem unprofitable. Upon these let us fix our vision and our aim, the pleasures of the mind, the tasks of the spirit, the possibilities of serving. It is almost life's greatest danger that life will be lived with a care for things that cannot survive youth and middle age. Few truly wish to avoid growing old, to seem not to grow old then have a vision of life, and have and hold, cherish and pursue an ideal. To the woman and man of ideals, to the one who in other words lives, age comes not. Age cannot touch, nor wither, nor blast, the life pervaded and smitten through by ideals. Live by the stars, such are the lives of the unaging. Grow on in faith and hopefulness, in vision and serviceableness. Being without these things, some people cannot grow old, because they are already old. Unhappily for them, they were born old, 
just as others, whatever be the number of their years, die young. But having these things, age cannot ravage the spirit. Such men and women are age-proof. Their heads may be silver white, their frames bowed, their limbs palsied, but old age they know not. It was once said of the great Unitarian minister Theodore Parker that he gave himself unreservedly and with abandon to whatever truth, duty, and love commanded. Truth, duty, love. Have you tried these things? Have you dared to live by them and for them? By and for any one of them? The individual who has no object in life, who simply works day by day, with the idea that they are making a dollar, and are going to use the dollar for their own comfort, cannot have a very peaceful mind. But if one has an object in life, to attain certain things which will be helpful to others, and whose day is filled with that sort of work, that individual deserves, and other things being equal, will have a blessed old age. Truth, duty, love, obey their command. And when you do, you shall find age a fiction, and life alone a reality. My one word of counsel is, let life not be centered on self, for to live for that is to invite cruel disaster in old age. The saddest, most tragic lives I know are those of old men and women who have nothing to live for because they have lived for self and self alone. Their lives are piteously empty. There are, of course, many types of selfishness. I will speak now of two, which must suffice. There are those who live for self, for selfishness, living only for pleasure and profit, power and fame, these are the most crude and obvious types of the self-centered, who shall pay the penalty of their folly. There is another type of selfishness less obvious, the selfishness of those who project and magnify self in family relationships. These are the ones who simply extend the horizon of self to include only other forms of self, one's own one's nearest, one's flesh and blood. And here too disillusion is bound to come, and ought to come, for one's own cannot, and ought not, to fill one's life forever. Emerson said wisely that the individual who loves is in no condition old, not the one who loves and lives for self, not loves self and self alone, but the one who loves, for love cannot die, nor grow old. So, as a final word, just let me say that there is only one way to grow old, and that too is the only way not to grow old. That way is to know, to love, to serve, embracing joyfully those famous lines. 
grow old along with me. The best is yet to be. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get your own private feed to our podcast with full transcripts delivered right to your smartphone by becoming our patron today. It costs less than a cup of coffee a month and will ensure the production of our podcast for years to come. Visit livinghour.org slash patron. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.